Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. For the past 20 years, you've enjoyed the refreshing tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. So in celebration of this milestone, we're bringing Baja Blast in stores nationwide. And for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. 2024 is the year of Baja Blast. In stores now. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 18 plus. Subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com and 61524. Void where prohibited. Um, can we talk about another struggling quarterback here in Tua, Tunga Vailoa? Um, I went on this program last week and, I, and people said, and, and I was actually caping up a little bit for Tua. A little bit, you know, it's a little bit out of character for me because, you know, I, I kind of fight Very. the tide of, uh, of people saying Tua for MVP or whatever. Uh, last week against San Francisco, people said Tua got exposed. I, I disagreed with that take. Uh, but I come back this week and I legitimately ask you, Matt Harmon, did Tua get exposed against the Chargers this week? A team that is down Joey Bosa, a team that was down Derwin James, a, da- a team that was down Bryce Callahan. Tua played absolutely horrific football. Did he get exposed? I mean, at one point he was three for three for 17. I was about as ghastly as you could get him before they hit that big one to Tyree Kill, man. Their biggest play was the fumble recovery for a touchdown from Tyree kill, which by the way, right. Have you seen the clip that like Teron Armstead, like shoveled that out to Tyree kill from the, from the, scrum? from the bottom of the pile. Yeah. He <laughs> actually popped it up to Tyree that's kill. Amazing. Ran, I mean, that's dude. That's shout, next that, level. shout out Teron, Teron Armstead for that yeah. one. But, um, did Tua get exposed? Uh, I don't know if exposed is the, is the right word, but I do think that, um, I said this on my Yahoo podcast this morning. Like I think what happened, what has, what happened the first 12 weeks of the season, I don't care about that anymore. Like I don't care now. I don't care about that. Incredible. And I have, I love what the dolphins did the first 12 weeks of the season, right? Where, I mean, the amount of space that Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill created the way to, it was dealing over the middle of the field with those guys. I mean, if teams were this, this is, the, this is the key piece. Teams were playing zone coverage at a league high rate against Tua. Nobody saw a higher percentage of zone coverage on their dropbacks than Tua among quarterbacks this year, and he was absolutely crushing it. Why would you? Why would you not? Like because teams are terrified <clears throat> to big play big big boy man coverage against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle because we know those two boys can not just get open and shred man coverage. But like rip your pants off and, and, and you know, embarrass you <laughs> yeah, yeah, in man yeah. coverage because like right. they'll, they'll, ri- they'll, you know, they'll rip you up. It, it's just, it is what it is. However, however, last two weeks, the 49ers went and played physical press man coverage on the receivers on the outside in the slot against these, against these guys. And look, you're going to get embarrassed when you do that. Look, it's the reality. Even Ty- Tyree Kill in back to back weeks has destroyed cornerbacks in, in like man press coverage situations, but it's one play. It's like one play per game. And if you can live with getting, you know, laughed out of the film room on, 
uh, during the week when you go back and watch the watch the tape. That's fine because and it's not as if Tyreek Hill can't beat press man coverage. It's not as if Jalen Waddle can't beat press man coverage. But th- what do we talk about the the timing and the amount of like seconds that Tua is getting the ball? He wants to get the ball out fast. Two point four seconds. Two point four two. Like he wants to get the ball out quick. Um, and this that little disruption from the press coverage there can throw off the timing of the quarterback. And if then if you also combine that um, physical man coverage on the outside with you know, like a robber safety coming down when you show two high looks and then you bring him actually into the middle of the field there. You have a guy maybe drop back in that middle. You disrupt that middle where Tua wants to throw the ball. It throws every – you've just thrown the timing of the playoff. So I do think – I don't know about exposed, but I think they need to come up with a counterpunch to this brand of attack right now because team – now it's on – you know, now it's on film, right? And the Chargers – it's one thing for the 49ers to do that, okay? Because the 49ers have a great defense, right, James? But you just listed all the dudes off that were missing for the Chargers. Like – and they haven't been a good defense all year even when their guys were healthy. So now it's on film, and now you're going to have to find a way to, to, to combat that if you're Miami and if you're Tua. I mean, again, no Derwin James, no Joey Bosa, no Bryce Callahan, three of their top players um, on the defensive side of the football. By the way, all of those guys who are, are pass disruptors, you know, I mean, Derwin James and, and Joey Bosa do it all. But I mean, come on, uh, 10 of 28, 35 percent completion rate for Tua against the Chargers in primetime, 148 yards passing. Almost all of it came on that one play and the one touchdown um, to Tyreek Hill. Then you go back. And you kind of look at, I mean, when you have two of these kind of games, like Tua has had, where two, you're just like, whoa, this is bad, bad foot. Not just below average, but like, holy hell, you look like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, bad. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When you have not just one of those games, but you've got two of those games now in back-to-back weeks. You take now, you take a look. You take you you brought it up yourself. Whatever he did in the previous 12, 12 weeks, you 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 kind of sort of disregard that. Well, you take. I'll tell you what the number one thing I do, and this is what everyone does. You kind of look back at like, okay, well, where was he successful? And you look at the five weeks leading up into this like two week just, I mean, dumpster fire. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston. All wins, all good games by Tua, but all of those teams are sub-500 teams all trying to find themselves, especially on the defensive side of the football. You could say Detroit's been surging. That's fine. But at that point in the season, Detroit was in the weeds, man. Um, And their defense is still not very good. Let's be real pass defense for sure, yeah. Exactly, right? So those five games in, in five weeks in a row, that's where Tua was kind of building that, like, dark horse MVP, you know, candidacy, right? Where you're just like, oh, he's putting up some stats. He's putting up some numbers. Miami's winning some games out here, man. Okay, now that being said, he did have a high-quality win week one against the Patriots, who I think also were in the midst of trying to find themselves. They're still trying to do that, obviously, with the quarterback position in their passing game. And they just beat the brakes off of Baltimore. But, But Baltimore in week two... Their secondary was all kinds yeah. of damaged, and uh, I think defensively they were damaged goods there in week number two. I think they're way better here um, at this point in the season they were in the early part of the season. So, um, man, I don't know, man. You go back and you kind of sort of look at where Tua did well, and it was against some bad teams, man. Uh, and then he finally goes up against you know two teams that – and again, you brought up the Chargers not good defensively, dude. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Chargers like good defensively. Where did this game come from? It's absolutely, I don't know. It's kind of sort of mind-boggling. I love that you brought up the the man coverage 
Because for me, I think my biggest criticism of Tua um, is that if he doesn't see it, he's not going to throw it. And he's done a yeah. lot better with that this year, Matt. But I think overall, I think, you know, when push comes to shove, you still do what you got to do. Um, and I think he's the kind of quarterback that if he doesn't trust it, he's not going to throw it. Yep. I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, yeah, man, it just, it, he's still, he's, he's come a long way from, from mm-hmm. the player that he was early in his career. Um, for sure. You know, however, like if Tua ends up leveling off as like a, you know, a Jared Goff type or a Jimmy G type, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Right. Because, you know, I mean, Jared Goff, like that sounds so disrespectful, but I, I think guys like, I mean, Jared Goff, I think gets a bad rap, right. As like a guy who stinks when he's just like a perfectly league average, like starting quarterback. And I think totally, you know, if Tua levels off being a perfectly league average starting quarterback, it's just to me, the thing with like the, the, the criticism of Justin Herbert this year, um, like if you ask any serious person, like anybody who really sits down and like watches film or is like making decisions for an NFL team, would you take Herbert based on what he's shown so far in the NFL or would you take Tua? I don't think any serious person says I'd take Tua, right? Like, <laughs> I, I think I think you'd take Herbert. Right. And the, the, the overall criticism of Herbert this year has just been wild because just look at, look at the, what the two guys we, we just talked about are dealing with, you know, Tua... I mean, you just live in, and it's not as if he's not executing the plays and it's not as if he's not even adding value to the plays, but you live in life on easy street, brother. When you've got Mike McDaniel dialing up some really great stuff and you've got Jalen Waddle and freaking Tyreek Hill as your two receivers. Meanwhile, Herbert is playing without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And like, by the way, those two guys, they're both outclassed by at this point in their careers by the two guys we just talked about in Miami. But the drop off from by, them to by a else. wide margin by a too. lot. Oh, uh, yeah. by a lot. Right. Like Tyreek Hill better than Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, definitely better than Mike Williams. Okay. So that's just, even those guys aren't, aren't even like guys we considered for the superstar episode. Right. Like, <laughs> but the drop off from them to the guys that were playing, you know, without like that we're playing in their stead is crazy. And James, how many teams in the NFL can just like, survive losing their top two receivers like imagine imagine what would happen to joe burrow if damn uh jamar chase and t higgins both missed time at the same time imagine what that offense would look like i think burrow would still be very very good just like i think justin herbert has been very very good this year but the production wouldn't would look like shit okay the production wouldn't be as good (laughs) that's just how it works the only person that can and has survived that Patrick Mahomes. I right. mean, like, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, it's unbelievable what he's doing. Like those things that you bring up and it's like, you bring that to Patrick Mahomes and it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Well, we're just going to keep doing what we do. Like, you know yeah, I, mean? I agree. That's, but Mahomes is like, incredible. but Mahomes is different. Okay. Like Dude, that's he's why different. he's, different. that's why when you're sitting there ranking NFL quarterbacks, it's Mahomes. And then what, like, what do I do next? Okay. Like yeah. then the conversation starts. It's like tier one, Patrick Mahomes, tier two. <laughs> now what? Okay. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it's just yeah. like, and even, yeah, Mahomes still has Kelsey, of course. And that matters right. a lot, yeah, yeah, but yeah, what sure. he's done with the other goofball receivers this year that they've got there is, 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 is something to, to behold. So yeah, man, I, I like has Tua gotten exposed. I, I don't know if exposed is the right word, but I do think that it's a, it's, I, and I love when teams face these type of dilemmas because I like just, I mean, Sean McVay has faced it over the years with Jared Goff. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that, um, 
the we just talked about Joe Burrow. The Bengals have faced that this year. Uh, like how what do how do we adjust? Teams have taken away our first punch. Do we have the talent? And do we have the coaching to sit there and find a counterpunch? I love when teams are, are, you know, even how about the the Eagles, right? Like they tried something last year early on and it was not working. And then they changed their offense and they were great at the end of last year. And then this year they've been great this year because they have good players and they have good coaching. I think the Dolphins have good coaching and I think they have good players so they can figure it out, but they have to figure it out. And I love when teams are faced with these dilemmas. I just want to shout out myself because I tell you what, in week six <laughs> through eight, when your boy over here is criticizing Zach Wilson and Tua Tunga Vailoa and just getting absolutely smoked online, I'm holding firm. I'm like, no, nah, I know what I'm seeing with my eyeballs. I've seen enough football in my life to tell you Zach Wilson ain't it. I've seen enough football in my life to tell you Tua's about a league average quarterback, man. But no. People were trying to get all up in my mentions, all all hot and huffy, <laughs> telling me I'm wrong, that I don't know football, that I don't know what I'm talking about. Now, here we are going to week 50. Where are y'all at? Where are y'all at? That's all I wanted. Where are y'all at? I mean, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I think you'll still get some Tua folks out there that come with you with, and give you some heat. You know, it's only one game. For sure. Only two games for sure. Yeah, I for don't sure. think you'll be getting any, I don't think you'll be getting any mail from, from the, the Zach Wilson fan club, but all, all three members, wherever they are, probably in, in a bunker somewhere. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. Hey, you mentioned uh, Jared Goff there with Detroit. Detroit's been playing out of their minds offensively, which is a big time surprise. Um, but you brought up a, a very interesting point here. Maybe it's because that their wide receiver core a little bit underrated uh, right now by NFL folks. Well, yeah, you know, I just talked about Jared Goff a little bit. And like I said, I don't um, Jared Goff is like it's so weird that there's been this crazy uh, discourse about Jared Goff of late. Uh, now, you know, I talked a little bit about that with Amon Ross St. Brown. I get it because the production has been incredible. You know, Field Yates pointed this out that Jared Goff over his last five games, 69% completion rate, 1,311 passing yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, Jeez. 75 total QBR. The Lions are four and one in those five games, a top five offense in both yards and points per game this season. Um, and by the way, like the only loss in that five game stretch was to the Bills and the Bill, they took the Bills to the end, right? They've been great. So Absolutely. I get it. That's crazy. But yeah, we know that Jared Goff can produce in a good ecosystem. And that's the, the what I want to highlight here is that, you know, uh, the Lions ownership like kind of read the riot actor had to give uh, Dan Campbell the dreaded vote of confidence this year. Right. Um, because <laughs> right. they were losing games like crazy. To, yeah. To yeah, begin. yeah. But, but like once their ecosystem has come together, mm-hmm. I think Ben Johnson is a hell of a play caller. Like, by the way, Lions fans start to wrap your mind around, start to get mentally prepared to lose your offensive coordinator this year and have another discussion about what do they do? Because somebody's hiring Ben Johnson as a head coach, by the way, Ben, what a name. Ben Johnson, he could be like, 
anybody, uh, uh, you know, a, a local member of a member of your local government, uh, you know, a damn, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, like city, city council <laughs> member, um, g- assistant general manager at your local food lion, um, you know, a deacon at your church. I mean, he's, he's an everyman, right? Ben Johnson, the name Ben Johnson, give me a break. By the way, he um, looks know, like an everyman too. That's the I was thing. just gonna I was just gonna say he looks <laughs> like another guy. Okay. Somebody that you would like Yeah, he does I mean shoot, he does look like a deacon in a church. I stand on uh, <laughs> He looks like you he know, looks, he, he looks, looks he, he looks like every he looks. This is this is what isn't this what Lindsay Theory said about the the Colts OC that he looks like another. He just looks like every guy who hosts a fantasy football podcast. Yeah, he doesn't have enough of a beard, this Ben Johnson guy. But okay. yeah, I mean for 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 sure. Yeah, he's he's a little too he's a little too thin uh, to be a fantasy football podcast host. But uh, yeah, no, no, he Fantastic. doesn't. Basically, he doesn't look enough like me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he does he does look like an assistant general manager at, at your local food he line does, for sure ben johnson does. so ben johnson. but again get ready for that face to not be up uh, at the front of the food line assisting during rush hour when there's when there's bagging needs get ready for him <laughs> to be up in front of a podium go. as a head coach cuz he's been calling a great great set of game plans and man i you know this lions wide receiver core i do think is really underrated we know i i think Amon Ross St. Brown is knocking on the door to be in the superstar club i think that DJ Chark, you know, he's healthy, which is great to see because I don't know that he's been healthy for much of the last year and a half, right? Uh, he was terrible his last year in Jacksonville, but he was really good in 2019, and he's always been like a vertical stretch deep receiver. Uh, he's doing that stuff for the Lions, man. Now they got Jamison Williams out there. Yeah. Like, that's good stuff, brother. I mean, that's that's good, man. I, uh, this, this Lions offense, and by the way, their offensive line, not only is Panay Sewell uh, a kick-ass pass catcher, I guess, but he's a great right tackle. Their whole <laughs> offensive line is awesome. And they got two backs. I mean, they even use Justin Jackson, but, like, they've got two backs, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, who are great. Like, what's the weakness in the Lions' offense right now? I don't think you could find one. And Jared Goff is perfectly good enough to, to elevate all of these guys and keep the ship afloat. I think what Jared Goff has been able to do in his career that um, uh, that is really, really good. He's a great distributor of the football, right? Like he doesn't lock in on guys. Um, and, and, you know, again, I think he's good with play concepts and uh, a pretty smart football player, too. Um, he lacks a lot of physical tools that I think, you know, prevent him from being a great quarterback. But again, yeah, I think the slander's just gone too far, right? Like he's a perfectly average NFL quarterback, somebody who, again, you kind of look at the draft price and you say, okay, one overall, okay, that that probably doesn't fit. But overall, he's just been, again, um, an average or even a slightly above average quarterback, to be honest with you. I will point out one thing, though. A lot of these games have come at home for Jared Goff, and for whatever reason, man, like, dude, he is just so much better at home in the friendly confines, and that goes throughout his career as well. I know that's true of a lot of quarterbacks, but it is especially true of Jared Goff as well on the road. Um, and especially in bad weather environments, that's why this trade to Detroit for Goff made a lot of sense to me anyways. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if Detroit had that in their kind of like, you know, calculus or whatever. Um, I mean, shoot, he was just kind of like a, a, a salary dump for the Rams. Right. It's like, a yeah, we'll give us two first round picks and uh, yeah, sure. Jared Goff. But 
I mean, God, it's, that deal, that deal's starting to look really good too. <laughs> Jeez. I think that's like a, it's always tough to say, like, I, I can't, I don't think you could sit there and say the Rams lost the trade because they won no, the they didn't. Super Bowl. And if yeah, you're, it's if a win win. Yeah, right. It's a win win. That's what I was going to say. Is I, I think yeah. like you're, you're, it's starting to look like a win win for both sides, which it probably always was because you got two first round picks out of it. But like, yeah, I mean, you got a starting caliber quarterback, right? Like, if they, if they want to eventually, try to do what the Rams did and upgrade on Jared Goff or what the 49ers did and, you know, try to upgrade on Jimmy Garoppolo by bringing in Trey Lance, like try to get the theoretical upside guy. I think that's fine. But at the meantime, you have like a starting caliber quarterback and shoot, there's a lot of teams out there that would love a a starting caliber quarterback for an ecosystem that's well set up. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think Jared Goff is is fine. I I am going to go ahead and, and, and give you a sneak peek, but in, in week 15, I'm going to go ahead and you could sit down Jared Goff. (laughs) <laughs> he's going on the road and he's taking on sauce Gardner and the jets. No, that's nope. going to be tough. Yeah, no, nope. tough. it's going to yeah. come all crashing down and people are going to be all hot and bothered because the dude's been on absolute fire right now. He's got two touchdowns, two touchdowns and three touchdowns in back-to-back games, man. Like, nah, I'm, I'm telling yep. you, I'm going to tell you right now, week 15, sit down old Jared Goff. And you know me, I love Jared Goff. On the road against the Jets, I want no piece of that business, dude. Right. I mean, that's still the thing with Jared Goff. Can he go into a hostile environment? Can he play against a high quality defense? Can he beat like? Can he be the guy that wins? Be- can you be? Can you win because of Jared Goff in a hostile environment like that? Especially as you're trying to win big games eventually down the line in the Super Bowl playoff push stuff like that. I mean, so far the answer has been no when he's done it with the Rams. I think it will probably still be no with the Lions, but for now, right. he's fine. Yes, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's good. All right, so there you go. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think the Lions wide receiver core as a group is probably pretty underrated, especially I love that you brought brought up the health aspect of it because once these guys started getting healthy, they've always been mer- missing that vertical threat, right? And yeah. not only are they getting that from DJ Shark, now they're getting a vertical threat from Jameson Williams as well. Ooh, boy, I tell you, that's an interesting wide receiver group they got there. And Josh uh, Reynolds is not like a – he was their, like, number one outside receiver for times last year when they picked him up midseason after the Mm -hmm. Titans cut him. The Titans cut him last year. (laughs) Right. And, like, now he's their four, which is like, oh, Josh Reynolds is a perfectly fine, capable NFL receiver when he's your fourth guy. Now he's their fourth guy. That's, That's team building. That's team improvement right there. Yeah, I mean, I think doesn't he profile perfectly like again if we're bringing these LA comparisons, right? Like he he's like uh he's like a poor man's Robert Woods, right? Well, like he's you like don't a poor man's him. Josh Reynolds. He played with the Rams. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh but no, I mean he's a receiver that I think can play, you know, flanker yeah. a little bit. Um and you know, if you need him to ke- get some tough catches inside, uh I think he can do that too. I just don't think he's He's not a guy, as you mentioned, you don't want to be relying on this dude as an outside vertical threat. That's not his game, man. Uh, maybe he'll sneak one by the goalkeeper every now and again. But overall, that I don't think that's a very strong skill set uh, for old Josh Reynolds out there. But no. So, yeah, with Jamison Williams and DJ Chark playing outside, man, I think he can slide into a little bit more of a natural role. But you look at that group overall, I think that is a, an actually a pretty good group, especially headlined by a guy that's knocking on superstardom right there in Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, it all comes together through him, but it's a, uh, it's a fun offense. And, I mean, shoot, 
I would love to. I would love to see the Lions in the playoffs right now. I know we'll talk about the playoffs in, on our next episode, but uh, yes. there's a lot of teams in the NFC. I would. <laughs> I would rather not see them, and I'd rather see the Detroit Lions in the postseason. Man, I'll just bring up this last thing, and like I'm gonna galaxy brain this thing. But how about if Detroit shockingly moves on from their head and installs Ben Johnson as nah, their new they head won't. coach? They, nah, I don't. I think that's too much because I think Dan Campbell's actually been really good people think of dan campbell as like just some meathead but i actually think he's been a really good head coach and like he's the one by the way who switched from like fired anthony lynn midway through last year and installed ben johnson Mm -hmm. as the as the play caller like kind of in a collaborative effort there for a little bit and then fully pushed it to ben johnson so i think that would be a bit of a stretch but it would because he's well he's won the locker room yeah they they love guys are playing hard for him yeah for for sure for sure yeah Anyways, but that's just me galaxy braining something out there. But that, you're right. Ben Johnson's probably leaving or or Detroit can pony up the cash, man, and pay this guy's like yeah. serious OC money, which they might do that too, man. So anyways, uh, great show today, obviously. Uh, but man, when we come back, um, maybe we'll talk a little Jerry Judy. We'll certainly uh, talk a little bit of the playoff picture laying out in front of us here as we go into week number 15. I really liked us talking about deep sleepers as well. I thought we'd really help some folks out there uh, win some fantasy matchups, baby, going into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, But those are topics that we will talk about in our next show that you will find in the next couple of days. But for this show and for Matt Harmon, I am James Coe. We'll see you.